1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 26 through 40. What then, brothers, when you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Let all these things be done for building up. If any speak in a tongue, let there, on, let there be only two or at most three, in each in turn, and let someone interpret. But if there is no one to interpret, let each of them keep silent in church and speak to himself and to God. Let two or three prophets speak, and let the others weigh what is said. If a revelation is made to another sitting there, let the first be silent. For you can all prophesy one by one, so that all may learn and all be encouraged. And the spirits of prophets are subject to prophets. For God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. As in all the churches of the saints, the woman should keep silent in the churches. For they are not permitted to speak, but should be in submission, as the law also says. If there is anything they desire to learn, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is shameful for a woman to speak in church. Or was it from you that the word of God came? Or are you the only ones it has reached? If anyone thinks that he is a prophet or spiritual, he should acknowledge that the things I am writing to you are a command of the Lord. If anyone does not recognize this, he is not recognized. So my brothers, earnestly desire to prophesy and do not forbid speaking in tongues, but all things should be done decently and in order. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Paul says so. Paul says so. <laughs> all right, Jerry, here we are in the sunny pastures, 1 Corinthians 14. Uh, this is, you know, a, a very clear passage about the importance uh, of order in worship and uh and not just being a mad free-for-all paul throws a nice little hot potato at us with uh the woman should keep silent in the churches which i want to speak to uh with you but also don't want that to you know just crowd out the rest of what's yeah. going on here and so which unfortunately is how most people talk about such things yep but we should start with the rest of the passage too. Yeah. So let's just go <laughs> yeah. through it. So he, he's talking about, uh, you know, when, when you come together, each one, we come with different things. And, you know, it, it's clear here that the sort of order of worship and order of service is different than what we're accustomed to. Yeah. Um, which it, it's like this sort of house church setup. Like everybody, it's like a potluck meal. You got a prophecy. I got a hymn. Uh, he's got a tongue. He's got the interpretation. And it's a big happy family, mm -hmm. and so he—he's basically—it's it's kind of funny. Like it's very practical. It's like just limit it to two or three. Let someone else go. Uh, what are your thoughts on mm -hmm. sort of like this section? Yeah, I mean, I guess I did kind of just say like, don't let's not jump ahead and everything. But the end does kind of like help us understand like the whole thing where he says, "But all things should be done decently." Yeah. And in order. Yeah. And so that's an interesting thing to think about because it just order is a big deal mm -hmm. in, in the Bible. Yeah. There's and you know, so we have to like kind of wonder about that. I mean, not to like jump ahead too quickly, but just a, a similar thing. I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ and the head of a wife is her husband and the head of Christ is God. Like there's this there is this picture in the Bible of order 
that reflects God. Mm-hmm. And and so God is orderly. He does things in an orderly way. In order, though it doesn't have to be hyper-ordered, but order of some regard is helpful for building up. Mm-hmm. I think that's his like point, which is kind of cool. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, how yeah, how can we do things in a way, how can we order things, structure things in a way that that builds each other up? I mean, that's kind of like what he's instructing them in. Because mm-hmm. um, yeah, like you said, you know, Will showed up with a new hymn this week, and Jordan was like, "I don't, I don't know." Yeah, yeah. and uh, <laughs> and and then I showed up with a hymn too, and they're like, "You've never sang publicly <laughs> in our church," and so let's just think yeah. about this. We want all things to be done for building up, um, and so yeah, I think that that's just like an important caveat here. And then he, it's interesting how he uses this like similar phrase that he uses later for the like. Um, as in all the churches of the saints, the women should keep silent. He says the same thing in verse 28 when he's talking about a tongue. Mm-hmm. If any speak in a tongue, this verse 27, let there be only two or at most three and each in turn and let someone interpret. But if there is no one to interpret, let each of them keep silent yeah. in church. And so he's just kind of getting at these different things that could potentially undermine the building up or the order of God in the church. Yeah. And I think that's a great connection to the the women passage because it's not like, you know, women should show up to church and like not say anything yeah. <laughs> the whole time. And if they have any questions, wait till later. There's talking about some specific things, which I know you've got some some helpful thoughts to go into as well. But the the thing that's just helpful to me is that we don't want to do anything that is going to confuse Yes. God and his design and his order yep. or take away from building up, which is what verse 33 says, for God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. So anyways, any particular thoughts on that first section or kind of going into the latter part? Yeah, I mean, so let's let's play a little Bible gymnastics here and, and hop back there to First Corinthians 11. Or, whoa, 11. <laughs> I love 11. Number. All right, First Corinthians 11. You know, it's funny because... These are both sort of passages that you could misread some like misogyny into. Uh, and yet, ironically, 1 Corinthians 11 actually helps clear up how 14 uh, is not, you know, the the blunt, uh, you know, chauvinistic thing that people might read it to be. Mm-hmm. 1 Corinthians 11, it speaks to, you know, if a wife, every wife who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head and so you know paul and this is not like there's articles online of you know great theologians so this is my my research this is Mm. not me just spewing my opinion everywhere um but paul is already speaking to like woman praying and prophesying Mm. in the presence of other believers in the church and so this it creates this interesting thing like wait didn't 14 actually there's been some historical like discord some people have thought that scribes came along like some scribe added that verse in uh chapter 14 Mm. about women being silent like because it seems so cognitively dissonant Mm -hmm. that it's like wait how can he you know give instruction to a woman on how to prophesy and Mm -hmm. then like say woman should be silent right exactly and you know there's this uh Another connection that I think was really interesting is, you know, Peter 
uh, in Acts uh, chapter two, he quotes Joel two. Mm-hmm. It shall be said in the last days, God says, "I will pour forth my, I will pour forth of my spirit upon all my mankind. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy." And um, you know when Jesus is born, one of the he he's presented at the temple, and this prophetess Anna, uh, she takes the child and blesses the Christ, and then. Uh, gives us a little like sermonette to everyone sitting around. So there's, you know, and I'm not trying to at all undermine what we see here, mm-hmm. but there's clearly biblical nuance. Mm-hmm. And so you just, you got to see that. Yeah. And so even on like the word prophet and prophecy, exactly. Some of our listeners right now might be a little like exactly. different things. So yeah. And, and the idea of like speaking in church. And mm-hmm. so is that literally like saying words in church? And the the issue here is basically like weighing the the prophecies that are presented mm-hmm. and so the whole theme here is order and so there's a societal old order mm-hmm. there's a cultural order there's a biblical order and so basically what paul's saying here is that the the conversations the discernment of prophecy that is presented is not this like free for all Mm -hmm. uh so what what are your thoughts on the context i've just talked a lot what are your thoughts on the context of of the idea of speaking in church here prophecy versus speaking Mm -hmm. what's going on well there is an interesting word or phrase in verse 32 um you know this is for you all you can all prophesy one by one so that all may learn be encouraged and the spirits of prophets are subject to prophets. So there's this role of a prophet to judge a prophet, mm-hmm. <laughs> in a sense. And then earlier, he, if you remember from previous chapters, he talked about like the church, and he talked about first being apostles, second being prophets, and then teachers, and then gifts of healing, oh, miracles. Yeah, yeah. And so it's interesting that there's this high order of prophet in the church and that prophets are to be kind of the judges to help judge and weigh these prophecies okay. um, yeah. in the church. And so I think that that's a helpful little reminder there. Another thing too is that prophecy is not always used in the Bible for like preaching. Mm. Um, and you know, I don't, I don't know. There's there's a lot that we can go into on on all of that. But the point being, I think that there's this. There's this role in the church that has been given to authorities, like the elders, um, to weigh what is being taught. Mm-hmm. And and we can see from other passages like First Timothy, other writings of Paul, that that, that role has been uh, limited to men to reflect the order of God that man is, is head of the woman. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that women are less able to teach, less competent in teaching, none of those things. But there's a responsibility that God has given to men that he intends for them to carry out. And so that is to be at work in the gathering as well. Yep. And uh, to weigh that kind of prophecy and to judge it. And so women shouldn't be a part of that process based on that order is I think what he's getting at. Yeah. And to speak into the cultural moment to, you know, we're, we're talking about a culture in which men would be educated and sort of the, the active like workforce and, and intellectual force of society. And, woman would be the home force mm-hmm. and, and that was like very much the order of things and so there's even this sense 
that and, and you know I'm I'm no New Testament scholar by any means, but there there's definitely the sense too in which the ed- educational field playing field was not level, and so it kind of comes into this idea you just again to zoom in out into just this section of what Paul is talking about. He's talking about worship times at church mm. being just clear presentations of the gospel and demonstrations of the spirit. And so anything that can cloud from that um, and, and, you know, all the, the question asking and, and the um, debate and all that should never crowd out the central meaning of our gathering. Mm-hmm. And so that is just a, a tiny surface level glimpse of what's going on here yeah. that the gospel must be central and, and that there is order that is necessary for that. Mm-hmm. That's right. I love just kicking the ball to our pastors on stuff like this. So once again, you know, if you come to Christ's covenant, you'll probably uh, see Jennifer McClish or somebody like that, get up and read the word of God before mm-hmm. the word is preached. Uh, you know, there will be baptisms many Sundays where, uh, you know, the the amazing woman of our church get up and, and tell the church of what God has done in their lives. And so that might create question like, okay, well, First Corinthians 14 says women shouldn't speak in church. There's women speaking in our church. And so if this is something that is really bothering you, please press into it yeah. and see what God's word really says. And a great resource for that is our text to pastor line. That's right. 404-465-1737. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we will never really plumb the depths of these sorts of things in such a short form podcast. I hope you are encouraged and I really encourage you press into God's word. It never Mm -hmm. returns empty and it always um, is edifying for us to see the face of Jesus. And so, yeah, really encourage us to all just press into these things. And I just love verse 36. Or was it from you that the word of God came? Yeah. It's like all of us can answer that heartily with a no. And so like, let's trust God. As you just said, trust his word and know that he he meets us through his word. And, um, and so let's keep pressing into him and not turn from him. Yep. Let's press into him. Absolutely. All right. Well, a great and challenging and fruitful word from 1 Corinthians 14. We'll see you tomorrow on our Daily Rhythm. For Jeremy Brooks, this is Will Carlisle. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ's Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for our daily rhythm.